Council President of Committee, very good Uh, let me get to the root of the time I have. Reading in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 1, verse 2. Book of Ephesians, 5, verse 1, verse number 2, which reads as follows. Therefore, be imitators of God, beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave him gave himself up for us a fragrant offering a sacrifice to God. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. As I was reading this way then trying to get the meaning and meditate upon it, pray over it, I sort of gave it a short topic which says love in action. Love in action. And the points I want to emphasize this morning, I'll try to focus on these two, because in this verse, I see that we are commanded to be like God. The second thing we are going to see here is that we are commanded to love as they love. If I say we are commanded, that means this is not just a suggestion. This is not a passage of scripture where we have option to weigh whether I want to obey it or not. This is a command which requires each of us to adhere to it, to advert, to adhere to the voice of the one who gives this command. And it sounds like an impossible task. How can we imitate God? It was better when Apostle Paul ministered to the church in Corinth. Because somewhere he said, be imitators of me as I imitate Christ. It's easier to look to the person in front of you and learn how he speaks, how he or she behaves. Then you are able to follow on the footsteps. But when we are called to imitate God, the picture we have of God is such a big person. When you understand the character of God, then we are called to imitate him. But let us pay close attention to this verse. When he opens it, he says, therefore, I'm not sure if I'm looking at, moving along with the slides, therefore, Therefore, it's just a conjunction word which requires us to reflect of what he has said before. Because in the first three chapters, the foundation has been laid. We have been told that we are saved by grace, blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. That means whatsoever God that needed to do, he has played his part. But when we read from chapter 4 up to chapter 6, then it speaks direct to us those are the things that we must do, especially in this verse. They said this is where the tire meets the road. Because it's required now us to take question, to take action. 
It's no longer about God talking to us, saying things that he will do, but it's required us to respond to what God has been teaching throughout the book from the beginning. First part of verse number one says, be imitators of God. The simple definition, uh, definition of an imitator, according to Collins Dictionary, an imitator is someone who copies what someone else does or copies the way they speak or behave. Copies the way they speak or behave. That means as we are commanded, we are called to imitate God. There are certain characters of God that we must reflect as his children. We are to be imitators of God as beloved children. This command is based on the relationship we have with God. It's a relationship-based command. It's for those who are the beloved children of God. They have no any other option except to follow on the footsteps of the one who's their father. They say there's no better way for a child to learn than to, than to learn from the parent. So parents should be careful how they speak, how they, they behave before their children, especially when they are so small. Because they copy your work. They copy some of the things you do. You'll begin to see, hey, this is me. And if you take note of the children when they are playing alone, you will see. Their parents, some of their behavior coming out as they play. So we are to imitate God as, as beloved children. And I want to really, I don't want to challenge, but to encourage you, if you are here and you are not yet sure whether you are a child of God or not, they say the, the most important decision you can ever make in life is to have a personal relationship with Jesus because that sets a turning point. You may come to church, it's a good thing. You can get involved, find yourself being active somewhere around here. It's a wonderful thing. But never forget to make a personal decision to be a child. Those who received him, they were given authority to become the children of God. Then you can live up to this expectation. This is the kind of love, I'm in slide number seven, this is the kind of love that we are commanded to walk in. We are to walk in love. We are to walk on our daily basis, not only when we are in church. On our, it, it, this has to become our lifestyle. 
to walk in love as beloved children of God. We have a point of reference. That means it's not something that we do on our own wisdom, on our own strength, but we are empowered by God to do it. And he trusts us. He has given us the ability to do it. We are to walk in love. Just before I, 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 I close, uh, I want to remind ourselves to reflect on what we see at the back there. We see some nice weight, discipleship, involvement, worship, evangelism, community. As I went through the, through the church website, I said to pastor, I need to highlight this when you give an opportunity. Because for me, it gives us a, a platform where we can start. Maybe it's become too big when all of a sudden we have to imitate God. We need to take the baby step. We need to become not a one-time thing. Therefore, become it's a process. And the church has outlined it so well that we need to understand that we are here to be discipled, to be built up in our faith. That is the commitment the church has to each one of us. We have to get involved. So wonderful when you see such a diverse people who are known and those who are less known, those who are not known, they are getting involved. It's, it's a, it really, pastor is taking such a high risk. How can you see a man sitting at the back and ask him to take your pulpit and trust him that he will not lead the church astray? It's a risk, but it's a well-calculated risk. Because people, that's how the body should function. Not only will let me must drive it, I, I really want to get the pulpit. There's so much pulpit on the, on the outside. On the marketplace, the pulpit is waiting for me and you. We must get involved, not only in the church, but in the actual ministry. This is the place to worship. This is the place where we are equipped and take the Great Commission seriously. We evangelize. But also, this is the place to experience the community. And I think it relates well with these verses. If we are to walk in love, it is in the sphere of the community setup. The community makes you to feel that I belong, I am accepted. I am part and parcel of the family. I have value. I'm valued. This is what happens when you're in the church. Never for a moment doubt whether we're in the right place when we are here. I want to assure you that you are in the right place. As believers, as brothers and sisters, the word of God expects us to play out this community thing to live as a community. That means you should be worried when you notice that somebody used to come to church, you no longer see him. You should be worried when the Lord draws your attention and there's somebody who has a particular need and you say, no, God will bless him. God expects you to take action. God expects you to be involved. 
Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. Walk in love. May the Lord bless you. Thank you. Morning, church. If nothing more. Uh, firstly, I just want to thank um, the eldership uh, for giving me an opportunity to share the word of God is such a privilege. Um, so this is part nine of the series that we're doing on the book of Ephesians, okay? And um, the title of the series is uh, Living Worthy of the Call, right? So I'm going to paraphrase and say walking worthy of the call is kind of the concept. So today I'm going to be reading from the book of Ephesians 5, um, 8 through to 14, right? For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it, for it is shameful to even speak those things which are done by them in secret, but in all things that are exposed are made manifest by light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you a lot to take in those couple of scriptures. But in essence, it's speaking about how we need to live and how we need to walk, and that is in the light, right? So I'm going uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to start and hopefully take us on a journey of where we can understand why we need to walk in light and how we can possibly do that. Um, so the, the, sub, the subheading, as I've mentioned, of this particular passage of Scripture is Walking in Light, right? And the title of my message today is Flip the Switch. Um, the word light is mentioned around 260 times in the Bible. So I'm, I'm pretty sure it has some sort of uh, significance. Uh, the very first part of creation in Genesis was God creating light. So in the beginning was a word, uh, sorry, not that one. <laughs> in the beginning, God created the heaven, uh, the heavens and the earth, and it was void, and had, it had no form, and God said, let there be light, and the light came, and God was like, yeah, this is lacquer. I like this. Okay? You guys don't see that in your Bible, right? It's the NIV, the New Indian version. So, the very first thing that God did is he spoke light onto the earth. Um, and really thank God that light was there before he created me. Because if he created me in darkness, I don't know. So before, <laughs> before, before we continue, right, I'm going to ask us two, two questions just to set us up a little bit. Number one, okay, if you can do, all do me a favor, just close your eyes. Everyone, close your eyes. So it's dark now, right? Hopefully. 
who now has become blind? Okay? Visibly, maybe. And if you open your eyes, you can see. So, um, just because there's darkness doesn't mean you don't have sight. Doesn't mean you don't have vision. It's your surrounding. Right? So, our intention then is to move from a place of darkness to a place of light so that we can see. Amen? Um, the second question uh, that I want to ask is, what came first based on uh, Genesis, right? What came first? Was it darkness or was it light? Darkness, right? The, 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 uh, God created the heavens and the earth and darkness covered, right? So darkness was there first. Light is not the absence of darkness, but rather darkness is the absence of light. So, uh, and I'm going to build on this a little bit, so just stay with me a little bit, right? Darkness is always around. It's nature, right? If the sun goes down, oops, darkness, okay? Um, but light is what overpowers the darkness, right? The definition of light is the natural agent that stimulates sight and makes things visible. Um, so what does walking in light or having light give you? Number one, oh, before, before I do this, I'm going to do a quick illustration. So I need two people. Albert, just you, buddy. Just where you are, you can stand and, and, and Andrew can help me, right? So what I want you to do is close your eyes, okay? And then you can keep your eyes open. Right? So what you have to do both of you, is walk up to me, right, and then give me a COVID-friendly elbow. Okay? Ready? So in a count to three, one, two, keep your eyes closed, Albert, one, two, three, go. <laughs> Almost there. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> okay, good job, good job. All right, so, no. <laughs> so the, the point I'm trying to make with that illustration is they both had the same task. They had to do the same thing. But one, found, one person found it easier than the other person. And the reason for that is one had vision, or one had, one had sight, one had light, and the other did not. Okay? So what does light give you? Light gives you sight. Right? It gives you clarity. Like the, the definition of light, it activates sight, which makes things clear. Okay? Number two is it gives you direction. You can see where you're going. Okay? Sight is almost like, an, like, a, like a GPS that you can use. You know you're going to turn right in 300 meters. Okay? That's what sight gives you. It gives you that direction. It gives you effectiveness. So even though they both completed the task, one person was more effective than the other. And that, the reason for that is because one had light. Okay, amen? And it also exposes. So it exposes you, and it exposes the thing around you. Okay? How bright your light is will determine how much of these things that you have, those four points. So 
we can all have light. We can have a candle or we can have like a street light that lights up the whole road. I've got a city golf. I don't know if you guys saw it. Okay. I love it. You heard it first. I've got a little city golf and uh, I've been working really late this past couple of weeks. So I'm leaving work like really late. It's at, at night, there's no street lights and my boss drives a nice Audi, right? She drives a Q1. So we both leave, leave at the same time. I always struggle to see the road because my lights are not too lacquer. Okay, I got the city golf guys. Give me a break. Okay, uh, so I can probably see like I don't know, not far, <laughs> not far in front of me, and and it's bad roads. There's potholes everywhere, so I drive nice and slow most of the time, and try and get home safely. Okay, she drives a nice Q1. The lights are bright. She can see more. She avoids the potholes. She, you know, makes sh- makes sure that she doesn't uh, damage her tires, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, right? She has more light, so it gives her that advantage. She can avoid the potholes. She can make sure she gets home safely. Um, so the more light that you have, the more of these things you will have. Okay. Um, So how do, we, how do we get this, right? So we know what light is. We know what it can give us. How could we possibly get this? What things can we do to get this? Um, and Simpiwe alluded to this in his message, which is amazing, right? Is that there is an action required, right? Even to be imitated of Christ, we have to live a certain way and do certain things. There's a requirement based on that, right? Based uh, on what God is telling us, right? It's an instruction almost. So... There's an action required in order to have light. It needs us to do something, right? A few examples. If you're in the woods, okay, going camping, and it's night, and you can't see, and you want light, what do you have to do? You build a fire, right, for example. Okay? So it requires you to do something. If you are in, a, in your car, and it's night, and you, like, you just got home, and uh, you're looking for your car keys, and you drop your keys, I can't find it. It's at night. There's a little button there. I don't know if you saw it. You, you press the button and the light comes on. You look for your keys, you get it. Right? It requires you to do something. Okay? You're sitting at home, just imagine, watching your favorite TV show, enjoying yourself, and then, boop, it's gone. No light. Okay? It's gone. <laughs> it's gone. And... And what do you do? You, you, would, you would switch on your rechargeables or um, um, you go and grab a candle, switch, you know, light the candle. If you don't have those things, it's okay. You walk by faith, not by sight. Be okay. Right? But it's a requirement. You have to do something. There's something required for you to have this light that you need and that you want. Because remember, light, light is not always there. Darkness is there. So there's a, you need to, uh, a light needs to come in in order for the darkness to go away. All right? <clears throat> so what can I do or what can we do in order to, um, to flip the switch, to turn on the light? Right? If you walk into a dark room, you're looking for something, you're not going to continue in the dark room. You're going you, to switch on the light, right? You're going to flip the switch. So what can we do to flip that switch in our lives? Okay, number one, we can read the word 
as much as we can. Right? Read the word of God. Remember, in the beginning, he's the one that created this thing that we are after and that we want to walk in. He created light. So if you want to know how light works, how you can have it, speak to the creator. Imagine that. Imagine we could, like, you know, we didn't understand how, you know, I don't know, um, um, Facebook worked, for example. And we could just phone uh, uh, Mark and say, hey, Mark, listen, I'm looking at this thing here. How does this work on, on Facebook? We have that opportunity, you know, with, with the creator of light. We can just phone him, pray, and say, you know, God, uh, what, what, what? How does this thing work? Or we can go into this amazing book that he's given us and find out what we need to do in our lives, right? So consult with the creator of the light. Number two, we can spend time with God. And it you know, doesn't have to be hours on hours, but it needs to be intentional, right? To spend time, quiet time, times of worship, and times of listening and speaking. And probably mostly listening. Because we speak a lot to God, <laughs> right? And we, little very, we listen very little. Number three, spend time with others who walk in the light. People who are familiar with, bless you, people who are familiar with what the light looks like and how to get there. And they know, they know what to do to switch it on. Spend time with those people. And what does that mean? It means coming to church. Or if you don't have a church, find a church. It means coming to life group. It means coming to youth on a Friday. Because we want to spend time with people who are like-minded or that we want to be like. People that have experienced what it is to live and walk in that light that we are after. Amen? Number four. For me, the most important of, of the four. There's many others, but for me, the most important is to be consistent with these actions. Because consistency builds habit, and habit becomes a way of living, a second nature. You don't have to think about it. So you'll always be switched on. You know, you'll always be able to find that switch uh, even when things are difficult. And listen, you're not always going to have light. You're not always going to be able to walk in this light that we all after and not and not because you're doing something wrong all the time. It's because that is how life is. Christianity is a life of contrast. It's darkness, light, good, it's evil, it's dead, it's alive. That is what, it's, in, it's, it's, it's what uh, um, God has created, right? There's day, there's night. We live in this life of contrast. But, and I made a joke and alluded to it earlier, walk by faith, not by sight. But, for example, right, if you... you um, you're in your house, okay? Now, ESCOM does come. Put, your, put your, your lights off. You know where the candle is, right? Hopefully. Or you know, like, exactly what to do. And you could probably maneuver your way in the dark from your lounge into the kitchen or into the wherever you need to go to fetch your light. And that's because you are familiar. You've seen it in the light. You know what it looks like. So even when the lights are off in our lives, we're able to still navigate through that because we've been living in that so long, right? That's a place that we need to get to. Okay, so be consistent. And if you are struggle to be consistent like I do, very much so, means you can ask the Holy Spirit to help you. That is the intention. That's why God 
And Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to help us. So when we struggle with these things, ask God. God, help me to be more consistent. Help me, Lord, to, to have a, 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 a wanting to read your word or wanting to spend time with you and that burn a fire within me. Give me that desire, Lord, because I want to live in this life uh, and this light, but I just need to be more consistent. Okay? Ephesians 5.14, right? It says, Awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Awake, arise. Again, is action required of us in order for Christ to give us that light that we need. Before, um, before I close, um, when I was speaking now about Christianity being a contrast, right? For example, there's a time to sow, there's a time to reap. Okay, there's a time to live, time to die, there's a time to build, there's a time to, to, to destroy or take down. And we we are familiar with these two points, the start and the end, for example. Right? Start, the end. But what defines us as Christians and how well we live this life God has given us is that in between. Between life, between death, between light, between darkness, between planting between reaping, that time in between, that is what is going to define us and that is what God is looking for. How are we living that in between? We're not perfect. We don't have to be because we, God has given us that grace to maybe fall short. Says it. But we, we, when, we, when we want more of him, when we want that light, we'll see that that in between will start to get easier. And we can do more. And we can be effective. And we know what we're doing. We know where we want to go. And we have this purpose-driven life that us as Christians desire. So I just want to leave that with us this morning. Is that from everything that I've said this morning, is the what is light? What can it give us? How can we possibly get it? Just take away that as long as we are making that consistent effort to live and walk the light of God. He will give us the everlasting light. Amen.